It's All Relative with Susan Bradley, an original podcast series from News Talk. Welcome to It's All Relative. Today, my guest is someone who has a lot in common with myself. I'm talking to Alex O'Brien, sister of the legendary Sean O'Brien. Sean is a professional rugby player and is currently playing with London Irish, soon to be hanging up his boots. He previously represented home province Leinster for 11 seasons, 126 caps. He was European Player of the Year, 2010-2011 season, 56 caps for Ireland and five caps on two tours for the Lions in 2013 and 2017. But today I'm talking to Alex about her life, her perspective, what it's like growing up in the O'Brien household and hearing lots of nuggets on and off the rugby pitch. Welcome to It's All Relative, Alex. (laughs) Thanks, Susan. Thanks for having me. It's brilliant to have you up in Dublin. Thank you very, very much coming up on such a gorgeous evening to have this chat with me. I really appreciate it. Um, It's all about family and growing up um, with someone who's happened to gone on to do amazing things, but no doubt it'll become pretty clear that you're all going on to do amazing things. So I suppose we'll start where we do always at the very beginning. Maybe give us a snapshot of who's who in the family. Yeah, so there's five of us in the family. Uh, Stephen would be the eldest brother and then there's Caroline... Um, Sean is the middle child, William, and then myself, who's the baby of the family. Okay, and then dad is Sean and mum Kay. Yeah. Both locals? Both locals, yeah. Um, Mum's from Cunaberry, just up the road, and dad is actually born and raised in the farm, in the home that we live in. Yeah, okay, yeah. very good. And we were talking about this briefly, so five kids, um, Stephen, Caroline, Sean, William, kind of similar kind of names. Alexandra, where did that come from? Yeah, so my mother, well, my dad actually named all four the older siblings. And then, Did he, yeah? Yeah, and mum seemingly didn't get a choice at all. <laughs> um, and then when it came to me, she chose Alexandra, which was totally cross-field. Um, I suppose <laughs> it just came from her. She was in England. She grew up in England, actually. So I'd say it was just one of those random names. But yeah. I love it. I it like is gorgeous. It, yeah, it is happy. gorgeous. I'm happy she stuck with her guns. As, as you're, you're looking at me here, you are very like Sean. <laughs> yeah, I know. You do look like him. I look like Brian. <laughs> we get it. We get it. We get it. Um, do people kind of say that to you a lot? Yeah, a lot of people say that I'm very similar to Sean in personality as well, which I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. But um, yeah, myself, Caroline and Sean be quite similar. And then Stephen and William are very, very alike and they're more on dad's side. Right. Yeah. OK. And then personality wise, I'm sure you're all completely different, are you? <laughs> We're actually quite similar, I oh, think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we would be, yeah, we're all kind of outgoing. Caroline maybe would be the quieter one of us all, but she's the most grounded, I suppose. Okay. Um, always beyond her years as such. Um, Will, yeah, William's like the devil child, they call him a home, actually. <laughs> Why? Yeah. <laughs> There's so many stories, I don't know where to start, but uh, I suppose he was just wild. He was so wild when he was younger. Now, mm-hmm. not in, in a bad way, wild, but just... Liable to do anything or... So if we look at it, how many years, there's there's kind of two or three years between you. I know Stephen and Caroline, there's three years and then there's a big gap of six between Caroline and Sean. Yeah, so a lot of people actually would only know either Stephen and Caroline from older years and then Sean, William and I, like, let's say. Yeah. Um, they don't realise there's five of us and they definitely don't realise Stephen's involved in the family because he moved <laughs> away when he was 18. So like, yeah, until we fought up, I suppose I'm a devil for photos and stuff and people are like, oh, who's your man? Like, <laughs> That's my brother. Yeah, that's Stephen, you know. <laughs> he's, he's over in Jersey. He is, yeah. He actually yeah. left 
for Jersey when he was 18 to play professional or semi-professional rugby over there. Really? Yeah. We, my uncle lived over there and he's stayed there since met a Jersey girl and settled there, yeah. How did he get on with the rugby over there? Yeah, really good. He was a flanker as well, actually, yeah. Number yeah. seven. And you you were saying, obviously, you play rugby too? Yeah, I play for our local club, Tullo. Tullo yeah. Rugby Club, yeah. We'll talk about that in a sec because I'd love to kind of get on to that. Um, Sport-wise with the others, Caroline, William... Yeah. So all we all would have been football. I would have been our main sport, I suppose, until we kind of reached a certain age, and then we just went on to rugby. Um, Caroline, unfortunately, never got to play rugby because she was the founder of Tolo. Her seven core Brown was the founder of Tolo Ladies. Really? But she walked out the first week pregnant because she was <laughs> expecting her first child, Patrick. So her boots were in her hand. So she never actually got to play. No way. Yeah, but um. Yeah, so football would have been her sport. Yeah. Mainly, yeah. She would have been a really good footballer. And, like, where does the sport gene come from? Are both your folks sporty or is, was it just instilled in you yeah, as kids? Yeah, I think as kids it definitely was instilled into us, but there's always a debate at home because Mammy, I don't ever remember seeing any photos of Mam playing or people talking, but Mammy always claims that she was very good at sport. Um, so nobody nobody can confirm. <laughs> Is that like a joke? Yeah, yeah. Animal? She's like, oh yeah, that's actually really sporty. I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure that that's true. Um, <laughs> Dad would have played sport. Yeah, he would have played football and, and rugby, I suppose, when he was grown up. Right. Um, up, He actually played a few of the... Do you know the English veteran game or the Ireland veterans versus England a few games? Did he, yeah? Well, he claims it as well. He played a few minutes, I'd say. But yeah, it, up till a few years ago. It's mad because it's kind of either in the family or it's not. And it, like just sport, we were all sports mad. And, uh, you know, Brian of all three of us kind of showed, obviously, <laughs> huge talent. We were, Julie and I were all right, but we loved it. Yeah. Like did Sean show... So I don't know, sporting skill, talent early on or did he stand out or did any of you stand out and then suddenly people caught up? No, I don't, I, um, I don't remember there ever being a time where he was, as a youth, like let's say, he was standout-ish. But then he got picked up, I suppose, under 16s, then went on, continued on under 17s, 18s. Like So he obviously did stand out to somebody, but at the time in the family, it wouldn't have seemed like he was spectacular. Sure. Because we all played and we all were, pretty decent enough as well yeah um, until later years then and obviously then he took over us all yeah well that's yeah. kind of the way it, you, everyone's yeah, it ticking along and yeah, then suddenly yeah. boom but like was there anything that kind of stood out one of the things that's become very apparent in this podcast is siblings of people or parents or cousins or whatever there's some sort of a drive in the person who has gone on to do amazing things was there anything that ever stood out yeah, Sean is extremely driven. Like I've never, genuinely, I don't think I know anybody quite like him in that w- way. Like he always likes to be the best or he like, he just goes all or nothing. There's no in between mm. with him. And it's always been like that from a young age. Like even farming, like he just was all into it and that was how he grew up or that's how it went. But like, I don't know, I, I, honestly, I don't think I know anybody like him. Really? He's, yeah, like, he's so focused, so driven. Um and give us an example of how that might have been, say, growing up, for example. Well, I think for him, um, it was probably an outlet as well. Yeah. Do you know, he, growing up, he was, our eldest brother Stephen had obviously moved away young and he was then left helping dad on the farm. And um, we all worked from a young age, but he, you know, stepped up and was helping daddy and stuff. And I think he... It, it became his outlet then. So he gave it everything and he kind of said to himself, right, this is how I'm going to get out of here. And not in a bad way, obviously, you know, family's mm. family, but just for him to get out of the farm and to move away or to mm. to become a better 
person, I suppose. And he just really went for it. Yeah, he saw sport as the way. He thought, yeah, I think he did see sport as well. And maybe he'll contradict me, but yeah, that's how it seems anyway. Was it always rugby or was it like, did he think possibly, you know, soccer or GA? No, or? GA, yeah, he would have played a lot of football. Mm. Um, hurling was not his thing. He was not good with <laughs> hurling. Um, he was very good football. He played county football. Um, but I suppose rugby just became so popular and there was a, a future in it. Yeah. Whereas in GAA, there's in, especially in Carlo, like there's not a huge drive there for it. But um, Sure, yeah, yeah. So he, he really kind of just um, took off with the rugby. and just, but, but you yourself also played. Did you start at a young age or was that much later in life? Yeah, no, it was actually... I started when I was 17, but I couldn't actually play till I was 18 because at that time there was no underage structure for girls. So I had to, I trained for a year until I could play. Let's wow. say, I mean, I turned 18, then you're eligible to play. Um, so I would have started a very young year. Whereas now I suppose all the young girls have the opportunity because they're coming up from mini level all the way up through the ranks. Absolutely. And who do you play for now? Uh, Tullow, just Tullow RFC, yeah. And what happened last week? We won the Division 1 Cup, the Paul Flood, yeah. <laughs> Delighted the third time. Who did you beat? Uh, we bet Tullamore, actually, yeah. Okay. So um, all season it was sort of a tip for tat. Um, they bet us by one point, we drew the second round and then in the final of the Cup we... We, we managed to beat them. That's class. Yeah, only seven girls for, that have won all three te- cups with the with Tolo, like that were on that team. Really, Alex, you play number eight. Yes, I do indeed. Uh, have you always played number eight? Um, yeah, well, number eight or anywhere in the back row, really. So I've okay. played a season in the centre as well, actually. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. 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 Okay. Very good. Up to Brian standards now, but. <laughs> Would you have ever had any desire to go on and play on an international level? Yeah, 100% I did um, years ago. Jeez, a long time ago now. I haven't had that kind of feeling in a while. But I went on and played with Connacht two seasons ago. I think it was 2019. Hmm. Um, went up to Connacht and got on all right. Did my cruciate then and against Ulster. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I think I think the structure failed a lot of people years ago. And I, obviously they're building now to try make that right or whatever but at that time it wasn't a nice place to be it wasn't a good environment I remember going up actually to one of the Leinster games they had selected a team or whatever and they'd ask club people to go up and help go against them and like nobody even said hello in the dressing room you know it was just yeah I think the culture was definitely definitely different Um, again it's totally changing now but at the time it just didn't do anything for me and I had no aspiration then to yeah, there was no empowerment or no, no. encouragement or no. anything like that, which is such a shame because you're only 30 now. So, <laughs> no, but like, yeah, yeah, you're, no, you're, yeah. you're a baby in my eyes. <laughs> well, take that. <laughs> um, I feel like such a granny, 45 years of age. But yeah, I suppose, as you said, though, people coming up through the ranks now, even 10 years on, they just have so much more opportunity. And 100%. The yeah. environment, the structure, as you said, everything's coming up. So as a result of you not wanting to kind of elevate yourself there, did you decide to kind of go down the career route? Um, and, 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 you know, how did that happen for you? Yeah, that's... Well, actually, I'm I've a level eight in uh, sports management and coaching, so I actually always had the sport in my mind. And then a few years ago, then um, I actually went to New Zealand for a while, and I came home, and a friend of mine was looking for somebody to go into a crash to help out for a few weeks. And just the minute I walked in, I was like, "This is, I love it. I yeah. just this is for me, and I could see myself doing it for a long time." Brilliant. Yeah. And now you manage a, a crash in Tullow. Yeah, I manage manage Little Trinity Crash at Montessori in uh, just on Tullow Road, Carlow, actually. Yeah. 
And how many kids? Uh, in total, there's about 80 kids, but uh, about 62 at one time, let's say. Wow. Yeah, so it's quite, yeah, it's quite big. Wouldn't want to be having a few drinks the night before. Definitely not. <laughs> what, what are, what's it like? Is it, what, what are the kids like? Yeah, sure, they're amazing. Childcare for start is just, you either love it or hate it. Yeah. There's no in between with it because it's such a difficult job. Um, if you didn't like it, you wouldn't last and yeah. you wouldn't be good at it either. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just love it. I love all the babies. I love the good, the bad. Yeah. yeah, it's and no two days are the same. No, never. Like even as a manager going in, it's like every day there's something different. Yeah, yeah, it's Amazing. really good. Yeah. So let's let's kind of as we move away from the from your childhood and kind of go into the formative years, maybe twenties, as as maybe Sean was really coming on stream. Did you notice a change in terms of? When he kind of made his international debut, for example, people um, had a different opinion or people reacted differently to you or how, how did people, particularly in, in, in Carlo, respond to him? Because he pretty much is a legend there, <laughs> isn't he? The Tolo tank. Yeah, I suppose in Tolo it was more so, you know, everyone was very proud and everyone was going around talking very highly of him or as, uh, of us as a family, I suppose. But in Carlo town then you had the opposite nearly. You had the begrudgery and... You couldn't go out on a night out without people making slight remarks or dig. Yeah, and you know, it's just one of those crazy things. Where Look at your man over there. Yeah, and that's... you think he is kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, and it was, it was, that was frustrating actually because you couldn't go out without something or being said. Or do, yeah, yeah. Whereas in Tullow, obviously, everyone was 100% behind him and they'd support him from day one. But you always have those people that, as I said, they just begrudge people of, of good... Wow. Yeah, good. And then outside, like, because we're not dissing uh, particular counties or anything like that, but did you find when he was on the international sale or in Leinster, for example, and you went to games, there was a huge camaraderie and, you know, they were really good times, weren't they? They were the best of times, really. Yeah. And we got to do so much travelling. Yeah. We were only, I was actually just talking during the week um, with friends of mine and because we actually went over to London for the weekend and they had done a bit of travelling with us. And we were saying, like, they literally were just unbelievable. Yeah. Being in them environments, being at all them games, I'd say we were at the majority of them, really, you're if like, you look back like on them. Yeah. yeah. The and did the O'Briens go en masse or did you all kind of do your own thing? Maybe you go with a couple of mates? No, or? we kind of all, we kind of travel in groups, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely. There was massive groups from Tullow that used to go. Obviously, you'd, you know, you go with your own family, you might stay in different hotels, but then you'd always meet up no matter where you'd be, you'd meet Tullow contingents. Like <laughs> you didn't wouldn't know whether you were in Tullow or in Cardiff yeah. or whatever you were. Um, but yeah, they were just really good times. And I suppose after he's announcing his retirement, it was just sad because it's sort of that end of era, and you're thinking, where do I? What do I do? Do you know, know. you're going to all these games. Well, do you continue to go in on a different scale, which you probably will? But it's definitely a big change, I think. It's it's a weird one, Alex. Like when Brian retired, he retired in 2014 and like you literally just fall off the cliff. <laughs> you know, sorry, he falls off the cliff and we all fall with, with him. him yeah. But like yourselves, we we did so much travelling and we rugby was so good to us in terms of the places we went and the people we met and the huge highs and the lows that like that all goes just like that. You know, yeah. I believe... Once you leave, a, you know, a province or you leave the international level, like you're off the WhatsApp groups. That's it, gone. Gone. <laughs> Good you know? And a lot of them then sometimes go on to be pundits. So obviously then they have to give their critical view of 
their what was their peers. So it just comes part of the territory mm. of your new kind of next job as such, new you know. Step, yeah. um, going back to the good old times, though, are there any that jump out at you that were phenomenal? Um, I suppose the Lions was, for me, was absolutely unbelievable. Did you go you know? to 2013? Yeah, Australia? we did both, actually. Yeah. And 17? Yeah, and okay. 17, yeah. Um, we went to Australia in a camper van. It was, <laughs> what, six of us in a camper van. My father being one of them. <laughs> you drove. You all drove. <laughs> no, James actually Foley, uh, one of Sean's best friends, he was in with us and he did most of the driving. Did he? Um, but yeah, it was just, it was mad crack. Like, it was really good. I was there too, actually, 20, 2013. That was Brian's last tour. And I had an eight-month-old at the time, um, Emma, who actually I'm going to maybe play a video later on <laughs> uh, of Emma talking about Sean O'Brien, aged 13 months old. Um, but it, it was just, even been back to Australia, was it your first time going there? That was my first time going yeah. there, yeah. So you landed into Sydney and kind of just took off and just followed them around. Then for a, we did we did four weeks. We actually missed the first game in um, Brisbane, wasn't it? I yeah, think, the and first they, test. they won, I think, because I remember we, we actually went. We all watched it together down home, and then we all went to Kilkenny, which was really random. <laughs> I don't know how we ended up in Kilkenny, really, but uh, we all went out after to celebrate, and we actually flew out two days later. Right, so you got the second and so third. So we got the t- second and third test. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I know for for the third test, Brian was dropped, so it was kind of a bit of a sore a sore one. Yeah, but isn't that part of it though? And like on that, like how did you as a family? When Sean, you know, react or support Sean when he wasn't called to to play. Yeah, I think it's a strange one because you kind of have to keep the positive side of, up because you, at the end of the day, he's still in contention for the next one. You know, that's obviously they're professionals. They have to just get on with it and take it on the chin. And if it's the best thing for the team, it's the best thing for the team. Yeah. Um. Obviously, it's sore, and I'm sure there's a many times that will stick out in many of their minds like about when they were dropped or when they didn't get to play but you just have to support them and just say look you need to keep going yeah. you know you're not done yet there's yeah. lots of lots of rugby left in you and you just need to keep keep at it yeah they just must have such mental resilience to just keep going and like your brother of all people with all the injuries he had like I'm sure he really lent on his family for that type of support when he was recovering Yeah he did and for him it was a very emotional time I suppose because he um, I suppose there was a lot of questions been asked you know will he get over this will he manage to get over this injury or the next injury and for him he knew he could, but he wasn't sure if the body could. The mind was was set, and many times he was down. He was saying to himself, "Right, I have to consider this. Like this might be the time that I have to hang up the boots." But um, yeah, to be still playing now is is a credit to him, really. And that's all comes down to I think his mental strength because mm. not everyone would have came through what he did and come through and still play well. Absolutely. You know, he's still. I know he's not playing eight minutes too often, but he's still when he's on that p- field, he's still playing good rugby, and he's. You know, he's bringing that standard with him. His Leinster days finished and he said, I'm not finished yet and really wanted to keep going. That You know, the fact that he got a phenomenal contract in London Irish for two two years. It was a three, I think a three, three year contract. Three yeah, years, which okay. Is tough, yeah. So, you know, when he moved over, was that a huge change for you guys? I presume you all travelled and went to try and see as many games as you possibly could. Yeah, it was, it was a massive change because Sean was always, I suppose he was always close. He was always only an hour away mm. in Leinster and if he was having a bad day, he'd just come home. 
and he'd go and he'd farm for an hour or he'd go for, and have a shoot or, you know, he always had something, an outlet and he'd get in the car and it was easy. Whereas moving to another country is, is, is different and I know yeah. it's not a million miles away but it's still a plane journey or a boat. Um, Do you be on the phone to you a lot? He's not great. <laughs> He's not the best person now, but every now and the then phone. he'd send you. Yeah, every now and then he'd still send you an old message. I know, voice, voice note. note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> voice notes are easy these days, seemingly. Um, Everyone's but, getting into them, yeah. aren't they? When he went over, yeah, it was very sad for us. I, well, I, I think I struggled with it a lot, and I suppose probably because I'm the baby, and I was always used to having him around. Whereas when he was moving, I just didn't know how what dynamic that was going to bring to what was going on in the family or or etc. Um, so yeah, I was very sad actually at that time. But yeah. then I suppose we, COVID actually came in the middle of it. So we didn't get over to any games till recently. Mm. Yeah. Um, myself and my sister actually and went over the last two games he's played now in London and it's been a great weekend too. But it just reminded us of how good it is yeah. to get over and see games and to be there for him when, you know, he comes off the field. Absolutely. Do you did you feel it was totally different when he was wearing the London Irish jersey as opposed to the Leinster jersey? No, it didn't. No, it didn't actually have that feeling. I think I just thought like we're here again. You know, he's he's still going, and we're here to support him. And the, as again, the atmosphere of games, absolutely, and that's what brings joy to us as well, seeing him on the field. But no, I don't think the jersey made a difference. I think yeah. just watching him was the the goal. Do you find as you play? There are comparisons made? A hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like, you know, there's this expectation of you. And there has been throughout years, and it's not intentional. People don't intend to do it. They just think that, you know, oh, do you play like your brother? Or when you're introduced to someone, it's like, oh, this is Sean or Ryan's sister. And I'm thinking, I'm actually Alex, you know, like I have <laughs> yeah. my own identity <laughs> just because yeah. I look like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doesn't, you know, yeah. I, you have to I kind know. of remind people, but... Yeah, there was always that uh, expectation, expectation of you, yeah, of you like playing to to his particular level. Would your your mom and dad obviously would still go to all your games? Would they or siblings? Well, mom, oh yeah, my siblings are brilliant. Mom actually has only gone to one of Sean's games ever. Really? Yeah. So she, no, that's a lie. Sorry, two, uh, one for Tullow and then one for Leinster. Why? As they were growing up, Mammy used to be the one that used to drive him to all, most of the games um, underage and then he started losing. So himself and my brother, William, decided that she was bad luck. Yeah. So they told her she wasn't allowed to the games. So she never went then. And, uh, Poor gay. Yeah, so she went to one then that he was playing for Tolo and it was in Carlo Rugby Club. I can't remember who they were playing. And he got in, he got stood on in a in a bad area and he just started bawling on the field in pain and that was it she was snow white she said that's it I'm never going again um, and then she managed to get to a Leinster one but with great difficulty and she just yeah she's just not into into going now she'd have it in the background and she'd always ask questions but just wouldn't wouldn't go the rest of us would go to all the games and your siblings obviously go to yours and yeah Caroline in particular would go to and William in fairness but did go, try to go to as many games as they could if Sean is home and goes oh, yeah. to a game are there loads of people kind of like oh look at you you know over there, <laughs> look at your man over there yeah um, <laughs> yeah I think they're so used to him though in fairness he actually did a 
nearly a season with us when he was injured one time and the girls all know him now so it's yeah. but yeah like this year we had a girl Tara Boogie actually from um, Port Leash came to play with us I played with her in Connacht and uh, her parents were down and Sean was actually down that weekend and they were just totally like oh my god can we get a photo with Sean and I was like are you joking <laughs> is, this, is this a joke oh, <laughs> so you still do have it a little bit yeah but do you find people's reaction changes when they find out you're an O'Brien <laughs> I'm sure in a good way or bad way. <laughs> yeah, in a good or a bad way. As that, sure uh, thinking, whatever Jesus. way you take, you know, you pick it up. <laughs> um, no, I don't think it does. Mainly, I'm sure there are a few that would it would kind of have an effect on them, but no, I don't think it does. You're very grounded, and I would say your whole family are too. As I hope we're seen as grounded too. Like we just don't take any. We certainly don't believe in any hype. We see them for who they are and said this to um, Richie Carney um, um, first series when they come in after a game, they might have had a, you know, a substandard game in their eyes, but they might have won and they'll be really down. Only siblings or only family or mums and dads or close family can kind of see that. Sean will probably make a kind of a beeline for ye. Would he have? Yeah, he would have on yeah on a few occasions it, actually. Yeah, and it's a comfort. It is a comfort. Do you mm. remember like all the little kind of just clusters of, of families? families? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you're on the tours, isn't it gas? Yeah, it is funny because I suppose they come back to the roots, don't they? Yeah, you know what, what their comfort is. I have to ask you, as a, were you a single lady going on tour in in 2013? <laughs> Was I a single lady? I was a single lady going on tour. Some crack, isn't it? There's about 25 men to every woman. Oh, it's a pity there wasn't 25 men to every woman properly. Really? Uh, oh, I, I, before I met my now husband, I was on the 2000, actually it was 2000, uh, five um, Lions tour, which obviously wasn't great for Brian at all. First ninetieth <laughs> second, he was spear tackled oh, by Tanu Mag in the first test, but he actually stayed on for for the the three tests. Um, something that he kind of shakes his head at now. He, he should have, you know, he says it himself. Should have gone home to kind of start the shoulder rehab, yeah, shoulder injury improvements. But uh, yeah, great. <laughs> for, for Susan made the most of it. I did. I had, I had a great laugh. So I suppose as, as we kind of come to the end of our, our chat, I'd love to just ask you your thoughts on obviously it, his retirement is imminent, isn't it? Yeah. Sure it's a few a few games left. How do you how do you feel about it? Yeah, I suppose emotional is one of the biggest feelings I had. Um, he had told us obviously he was retiring and he had kind of said it'll be out Thursday, Friday. It didn't give a week. It was going to be out just a Thursday, Friday. Mm. Um, when I did see it had been announced, I just was so emotional. I just, oh, yeah, yeah very, so emotional. I had to ring my sister. I was like, God, this is this is really the end of an era here. Like, mm. we're at the end of it and everyone kind of around was like, oh, and how is he? But like, he had time. I suppose he knew he was going to do it and he had time to process it before he just made that decision. Like, it wasn't a, a light decision. Mm. You know, it took a lot of... Um, a lot of thought into it and whatnot, but yeah, I think it was just it's a sad time. It's obviously the start of a new adventure for him, hopefully. Um so for him it's the start of a new era mm. and a new adventure, but yeah, it's it's it was strange. I think w- one of the things because the lads were used to being in the public eye so much and their, you know, statements that are out there for us family members who are not used to it, it seems incredibly public, doesn't it? So the good and the bad, it's it's tricky, isn't it? Sometimes it, it is tricky. Yeah, I mean, social media is, 
you know, it's a devil amongst a lot of people and they take what they want from conversations or whatever has been said. But I think that's, you kind of have to zone out that, out of that part of it. I think you definitely need to, like all of it, the whole way through his career actually, it was one thing I had made sure to do. I didn't read comments under... Did you not? No, I just, I couldn't. I don't. I think for me, I'm an emotion, I'm kind of a deep person. I wouldn't have been able for it. And I don't like negativity being brought down on any of obviously family and I think that's for everybody but I just said no there has to be a stop here and you know I'm going to not just make that conscious decision not Mm. to read them Um, whereas James a friend of Sean's used to scroll down he used to drive himself mad like he was going bananas at these things I know they would but like yeah because they would have you and I mean these people are just keyboard warriors they don't have any say or you know they have no impact in your life wise (laughs) <laughs> like you might have 80 positives and one really awful one and we all dwell on the negative <laughs> ones. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. Not to read yeah. them. I, I unfortunately was like James. I, I <laughs> Scrolling. Oh, mad. But then, and you never reply. Yeah, so now yeah. I, okay, because I kind of work with them, I have to kind of keep an eye, but... Yeah, never reply. <laughs> no, don't ever reply. Don't How does he yourself. deal with it? Does he do the same Sean. as you? Yeah, oh, does he not? I don't them? even think he logs on to these things. I actually, does he not? No, know? no. He doesn't seem to anyway. He maybe he is. Maybe he's a secret, uh, <laughs> a secret scroller. <laughs> what's What's the plans for him now as he retires? Does he have a little plan, or is he going to take some time off and? make, you know, lots of decisions a bit down the line. Yeah, I suppose he's he kind of has his hand dipped in many pie at the moment. You know, he's lots of uh, business adventures mm. that he's kind of started. But as regards rugby, I don't know what his aim is. There's loads of talk about different things, about him coming back to play with Tolo, which obviously would be massive for mm. Tolo. But um, whether it's true, or I don't know whether he's even allowed. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what he'll do. Single man? Single man, yeah. That's uh, good man, Sean. Yeah, good man, Sean is right. <laughs> Goes back to Ireland till meet his, his Irish bride. Maybe, maybe. So, well, at least we, he, they might keep him in Ireland anyway. He won't have to leave do, again. Do you think he'll come back definitely and 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 live in Ireland? Yeah, I think he he'll settle in Ireland. Mm. He might stay in London for a year, which I don't think would be any harm. But who knows what you know? Mm. But I do think he will settle in Ireland. He's a home bird, really. Mm. Um, and close to his family, so yeah. kind of wants to be yeah know, around him, yeah, yeah. And yourself, are you delighted with kind of where you're going in terms of your rugby, your career, and so on? Yeah, I am. I suppose I'm kind of probably coming through retirement myself now soon enough. <laughs> there won't be an official announcement, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a broken woman myself. I think the genes wouldn't be wonderful now as regards injury wise, but. Uh, yeah, no, I'm happy where I am at the moment and work-wise, I'm, you know, I'm content and I'm, mm. yeah, I'm loving it. And as we're coming out of COVID, everything's looking a lot more positive and bring on more games, less masks, <laughs> more crack. Yeah. Bring yeah. it on. Good times ahead, I think. Absolutely. Listen, Alex, thanks a million for coming in. It's been brilliant chatting to you. And thanks very much. In season two of the News Talk original podcast series, It's All Relative, join me, Susan Bradley, as I meet siblings of well-known public figures. I went into the bathroom and washed my hands, chatting away to the guy about the match, and he goes, see you later, N-word. And I actually just like pulled him up against the wall. I was like, do you know what that means? Do you know what you just said there? I remember kind of thinking, why are mum and dad persisting in sending me down here every Sunday morning without fail? It's all relative with Susan Bradley, an original podcast series from News Talk. Available now at Newstalk.com and on the News Talk app, powered by Go Loud.